Welcome, welcome. You are listening to the Faith, Fitness, and Freedom Podcast, and I'm your host, Rebecca Taber. And today we're going to jump right into it's okay to be sad. It's okay to mourn. And the reason this is so important is because as high-achieving, go-getting women, I know, and this may not be you, so I'll just speak for myself and a couple of my clients, that we're so driven, we're so on the go, it is, we feel like we take on the weight and the responsibility for those around us. And to some extent, that is true. We do hold a significant role in the the skill sets that we've been given. And you've heard me talk about this before, no skill sets are better than the other, they each play a role. But for those of us that are really driven to lead, we do have a lot of interaction. A lot of people kind of depend on us and count on us for the strength and the skills that we have. And so when something comes up that is traumatic, we sometimes can feel guilty over being sad or we feel like for me, again, this might not be you, I'll talk about me. For a long time, uh, my coping device was to stuff emotion down and not feel it at all. And I, in a long ago season, perceived if I cried, then that meant that I was being weak, right? And I never honestly, even in those seasons, I didn't put that judgment on the people. It's a very critical judgment that I would make of myself. And so it was suck it up, get it done. And just like I said before, again, there is a time and place for that. We, and that's what I want to talk about today. What is the difference? Where do you hold space for being sad and where do you uh, do the actions until the motion, emotion sets up? And the reason this is front of mine and it's a kind of an impromptu episode uh, for me, I'm, I'm plugging it in the middle of a couple of things is because over the last um, seven to 10 days, I uh, would, I want to say had the opportunity because I'm grateful for each and every one of my clients and I'm grateful for them trusting me enough to be vulnerable with me. And one of my clients in particular is a very driven, accomplished woman who is a leader in her space and she's a wife and a mom and she is that person where people rely on her. She, on a daily basis, has uh, decisions that create ripple effects and create a massive impact. And it, when we're in that role, it is uh, expected of ourselves and to some extent to others for us to, to, to show up, to get it done, to be there. And like I had um, started to mention, I'll, I'll say for, for me, uh, managing emotion, we can sometimes feel guilty of it. And this particular client uh, recently went through a significant loss in her life of a loved one. And this loved one played a huge role in her life. It was a very close um, and very deep wound to experience that loss. And so on our coaching call, I um, am honored to have been able to hold space for her. And when I say so hold, hold space, that might not relate to, to some, but just meaning um, being present while someone is in um, a, a moment of emotion and, and not needing to fix it, not needing to solve it, just holding space for them to be whatever it is they need to be in that moment and almost um, giving 
affirmation that they are safe, that it is free to be whatever it is that they're feeling in that moment. And so I walked her through that. And then within, you know, seven to 10 days of that, I experienced a significant loss in my life. And my loss was one of my, my fur babies. And for those of you, there might be a couple of you that are kind of like, how significant is that? Right. Um, and I totally get that understanding. Um, if you're not a dog person or you're not a cat person or you are, don't have an attachment, I don't know why that is either. It's one of those things that we don't understand. I know incredibly loving people that just don't have attachments to animals. It's not right or wrong. It's just part of our unique dynamic, our unique makeup and how God made us. But for those of us that do have um, strong attachments to animals or with animals, um, it's it's not much different than a human child in terms of um, the the love that you feel for this companion. And um, for me, um, my most recent loss um, is Angel, and he has such an amazing story. I might share that with you at the end, just because it's such a good God story. Uh, but he, I had the blessing of him jumping into my truck literally about 10 years ago. And, uh, he just played such a significant role and he was just such the joy and such the life. And, um, over the last seven days, uh, something happened and he, um, very quickly, uh, declined and, um, he is now, with um, Jesus. And it's sad. And this is what I was explaining um, to my client. And I want to share it with you as well. And that's because I know when we are driven as so many of you that are drawn to this, this podcast and me specifically, because like chooses like, um, we are attracted in often uh, draw into people that are like us in some form or fashion, not that you're, a, you know, you are a unique individual and you won't hold um, all of my weaknesses <laughs> or all of my strengths, nor would I you, right? But there are some commonalities. So a lot of the common traits within women that are really driven or high achieving, or um, I say that I'm a recovering type A, is that we are, we do have a lot of expectation on from others. Uh, the roles that we play, the personality that we have, the, the way God has developed us, has turned us into leaders as the go-to person, as the way makers. And with that becomes a lot of responsibility. You've heard me talk about this before in that, um, but I want to make sure I'm clear here. It's not that um, one dynamic is better than the other. It's simply that each dynamic of personalities, whether you're a leader or you support leaders, that like they all are important roles. Or even if you're, you know, the a house cleaner and you're like, I don't really support anyone. You are supporting somebody. You're supporting that household, right? That's your gift and that's your talent. And I always feel the need to to say that because I truly believe every role is incredibly important. And also when we're in this position of leadership, when we're in this position of being the way maker, when we're in this position of being the go-to person that are, um, whether you work with a company or for a company or you're building a business and you have teams and you have clients, your family, they know that they can come to you and they're going to get things done. They come to you for wisdom, for discernment. They come to you to help 
um, make decisions, right? You are the person, the go-to person, and they see you as being able to handle all of that. They see you being able to carry the weight of your own as well as carry the weight as others as you guide them in their path to being able to carry it on their own. I hope this is making sense. And so when we're in that position, we're, we're driven to, to be strong, to be resilient, to have what I call now, what I now call godly grit. And I will just kind of take it back to me. For me, it's been a process because the unhealthy side of that characteristic and that personality meant that in the beginning, um, in my walk with God, I was still really not dealing with emotions. I was still really pushing emotions down and really feeling as if that if I cried or if I got upset, like one of the ways that I would snap out of it is like, you're being weak, you've got this, get up. And I still talk about you ha- you get to be pitiful or powerful, it's a choice. And to some extent that is true, and we'll kind of talk about where that line is drawn or what the difference might be, but it's, it's understanding that there is also space to be completely undone and completely emotional and to allow yourself to feel that emotion and not make it right or wrong, but really be present with it and allow it to, to, to process and I know for me, the reason I want to kind of articulate this is because I have a feeling uh, because since I was in, this is an impromptu episode that I was, I felt drawn to, to share is that there's at least one or two of you that really needs kind of the permission to start to recognize your feelings, emotions, and hold space for them, to stop telling yourself that you're wrong or stop telling yourself that something is wrong with you. If you have moments of sadness, if something um, significant happens and you need to take some time, maybe you need to take a day, maybe you need to take two days, you get to define what that is, right? Maybe it's a week. I don't know that it would be a week, right? We do get to um, find the balance of being a show up and function. I'll talk about that in a second. But you get to define that and be okay with that. And what I, one of the things I teach my, my clients is slow down to speed up. You'll hear me say that a lot uh, um, on my coaching calls because it, it applies to so many different scenarios. But in this scenario, when we slow down to feel the emotion, when we slow down to be sad and be present with that emotion, then we're recognizing it and we are able to then work through it and release it. Um, and there's many ways to do that. It's identifying, why do I feel sad? It's identifying, uh, it's in some instances, if it's not as a result of a loss, maybe you're feeling sad because you've got stinking thinking, right? It might not, the sadness may not be valid. It might be the story or the meaning that you're giving a situation or a circumstance, um, instead of viewing it from a state of gratitude or a state of appreciation or a state of what could I be learning from here. So there's sometimes where sadness may not even be an accurate emotion. It's, it's real to you. It is what you're feeling, but you might need to look at identifying the source of the sadness and talking your through, right? That's why I teach my clients how to become a student of their mind and body. I don't want my clients to feel like they need to come to me for <laughs> forever and always. Like my goal is to teach them to equip and empower them with the tools to um, be able, part of what I do anyway, um, is being able to recognize thoughts and emotions and discern 
is this something I get to sit with for a little bit? Or is this something that I get to reframe and give it a different meaning? And so even in the course of when it comes to a loss, when it comes to mourning, it's, you know, the understanding that it's okay to feel undone. There are life, there are going to be things that are incredibly painful that are, it, it could be a stretching season. It could be a loss of a loved one. I've had a season, you know, a couple of years back, I shared in a prior episode where God was taking me through um, a time of just kind of undoing was the word that came to mind. And in that, that was really in that space where he took this understanding, this evolution of knowledge and wisdom kind of to the next level of depth for me and really realizing that I can feel emotion, I can sit with him, I can question it, I can ask him for guidance, I can ask him for, for in that example, it was an area that he wanted me to get better on and improve on, right? Um, and I can ask and, and really dig into that and I can look at life and where I didn't get it right, right? And I can walk through that with him without the judgment and the condemnation and yet still feel sad, still feel a mourning, still feel a remorse or still feel a heaviness while also in that season, um, while also being able to then shift and still show up in a powerful way for my business, for my clients, for you know my family that needed me or, or whatever the case may be. We get to learn how to hold space for both emotions while the important thing is understanding that when you do that, whether it's a season as a, like a sadness that is coming up because of a loss, if it's a season of working something out, like God is just working something out in and through you that he wants you to um, improve, do better, recognize, or you're in a season where you're trying to figure out what that next step is and maybe that feels heavy and emotional to you. Being able to learn to recognize the emotion, give yourself permission to feel the emotion and really get curious about the emotion allows you to move through it so that it doesn't show up in unhealthy ways somewhere else. For example, when I was new in my walk with God, and this is the way I operated before I knew him, but even when I was newer in my walk in God, and obviously I'm still continuing a work in progress on this, but when I was newer in my walk in God, I was still pushing down the emotion. I was still um, in a position where if I was upset over something or crying over something, then I didn't want to feel that emotion. So because I didn't know how to hold the emotion and still function, I went to food. I went to numbing out. And so not only was I going to a vice instead of going to God, I was going to God a lot also. I was very heavy into my word. I was, that's one of the reasons I think my relationship with God was kind of really deepened in such a short period of time in those first couple of years of my walk is because there was significant life issues going on that I did not have the the answers for. And so I was searching his word. I was searching scripture. I was journaling. I was learning how to have a relationship with him. And yet I was also turning to food instead of turning to him. So instead of learning to recognize emotion and really get curious with it and question it, it showed up in ways of me becoming, um, well, it turned into a food addiction and an eating disorder and 
it also, I've talked about this in prior episodes, by going to that, instead of being able to handle the emotion and take it all to God and lean into his trust, lean into his healing, lean into the verse that says he is with you, the brokenhearted, right? All of his promises, uh, it, it, when we're not, when we're going to something else, when we're going to advice and not to him, we miss out on the opportunity to grow further with him. And so even when it comes to, um, so over time, this is what I get to teach my clients. Now, what took me a, a long time, I get to hopefully collapse time around my clients is, is learning how to identify the difference and understanding with that, that first understanding that it is okay to be sad and it is okay to need time to process it. And it is okay to not be okay some of the time, right? And I'm not talking about, you know, laying in bed for a week on end and not functioning. I'm talking about giving yourself adequate amounts of time to process a loss or to figure out why am I feeling sad and to be able to then discern what's next. So there's a time and a space to slow down and say, whether it's the sadness and and feeling sad because of a loss, or maybe you don't know where it's coming from, or it could be an anxiety, it could be an emotion like anxiety or stress. When you slow down to ask yourself and get curious, what is going on? Why do I feel like this right now? And you look at what the story is and you reframe it. And I'm going to give you, um, an example of that. And I, I hope that this is coming across well in that there is a time to just be sad, especially when it's a loss of some sort, like just holding space for sadness, just holding space to have a really good, ugly cry and be okay and not stand in judgment with yourself. If you have a really good cry and then, you know, two hours later, something reminds you and you get teary and you get filled with the emotion, especially you know, thinking back with um, my client and the significance of that relationship, there's so much loss attached to that, that it, it, it makes sense. It is normal. It is human. It is our spirit grieving the loss of this existence and of this person in our lives. And so to give yourself grace and understand that, yeah, it might keep coming up for a few, like the next several days and with intensity, right? And then I, no doubt there will be moments where it maybe comes up again six months from now. Something random happens. It reminds you of a person and you get sad again. Maybe you cry again, but not making that wrong or bad. And in those initial stages where it's really intense and it's happening frequently, the more you pay attention to it, the more I believe you're going to be able to work through it. It's giving yourself that grace to say, it's okay to be sad right now. It's okay to not feel good right now. It's okay to take two hours to reconnect with God, reconnect with his word, really think through what it is I need to do. Maybe I need to check out. Maybe you just need to go get a massage. Maybe you need to go outside. Maybe you get to discern what is going to work with you to like be present with that emotion and, you know, have a time to have a good, ugly cry, not try to fix anything, not try and solve anything, not try and overanalyze things. And then there's a time to look at the emotion and decide, is that valid? Is it true? Um, You know, how can I re how can I shift from this? Because for example, and I'm going to bring it back to me for a second. Um, with the loss of Angel, my dog, who was just amazing for 10 years, 
I get to give it a different meaning. And this might sound harsh, so bear with me because mind you, I ugly cried. (laughs) What prompted me to record this episode is I just got teary out of nowhere again um, in a, a few minutes ago. And, but it's, with each opportunity, it's the ability to recognize that the sadness is okay and also sitting in the sadness for too long is not going to honor my life that God has given me, my time that God has given me because I know that I'm created on purpose with a unique and greater purpose. So there is a time to be sad. There is a time to mourn based on um, uh, you know, there's no parameters of that. There's no right or wrong. You get to decide. And also there is a time for me to shift that emotion to at least neutral so that I can continue to do what I get to do in service to others in a way that honors God. I hope that makes sense. So I'm going to give you, I kind of pre-framed that to, to soften the analogy I'm going to give you that is um, given by one of my business mentors um, from a, a couple of years back, but I still follow him. It's Alex Hermosi. And so he is very analytically brain. And also there's some very real truth to this analogy. And that is that everything we feel is because, based on the meaning that we gave that event. So even, you know, with Angel, it's, it's so hard, but a lot of times our sadness is because we're sad for ourselves, right? At least for, for Angel, for my dog, I want to say that one of my prayers when he was sick was, Lord, please just heal him either this side of heaven or that side of heaven, whatever is for his highest good, heal him. And so now I get to know, and if you don't believe that dogs go to heaven and that's not your theology, please don't like correct me. I want to choose to believe that. Um, and there's no harm in that. So the, um, using that as an example though, it's like, it's, I get to come back and focus on, instead of thinking I could have had five more years with him, or instead of thinking I, you know, am whatever the case might be, like, why did it happen? How did it happen? And like really trying to analyze and figure everything out. I get to catch those thoughts and shift them to gratitude. I get to shift them to like, he jumped in my, he literally jumped in my truck, honestly, on one of the hardest nights of my life. There was a massive move happening that next day. It was life-changing, all these things on a night that I should have been crying all night long. This dog was so hysterically funny, running down our wood floors. He literally, I pulled up to my house. I'm, here I am, I'm telling you the story. Pulled up to my house after a day I had a brick and mortar fitness business at the time. It was dark out. I had closed everything up, pulled up to my house, pulled in the driveway, opened my truck, had not even seen the dog, opened my truck, and he, um, out of nowhere, jumps literally in my lap. I get out. We lived on a cul-de-sac. Kids are still playing. I try to figure out if that's anybody's dog. They all say no. It was already dark. Um, so I decided I'll just bring him in for the night. I had wood floors, very long, like one story layout floor, um, floor plan. And he just would run on these wood floors. And then of course you can't stop yourself when you're running on a wood floor. So he would slam into the wall at the end of the hall and then he'd get right up and then he'd run and he'd slide down the other side. Like he thought it was a game. He obviously wasn't getting hurt. So we were just in tears 
laughing so hard at this dog. And then over the course of the next couple weeks, as I was moving, I was also trying to find out was he tagged, and it turns out he was. They, I, the number was disconnected, so I went to the address on file. They said, no, we don't know him, which was kind of curious to me because the dog was apparently only two years old, but okay. And so we're like, that's okay, cool. I had one rescue at the time, Spencer, and um, so we decided to take Angel on too. So he absolutely was a gift. He 100% was a gift. And he also was one of those um, dogs that for me, I think people are people and for me, animals too, are, are brought into our lives and season to feel uh, like they, we get to add value to them and they also add value to us. And Angel was that dog that was just super sensitive to emotion. So that whole time of healing that followed that move he would be right up in there. If I was having a moment where I was down or crying or what have you, usually after my, my son would go to bed, he was like right up in my face, like, how are we doing? What's going on? How can I snuggle with you? And he'd like curl up in your chin, your neck or try to. It's like he couldn't get close enough to you, right? Um, and so he was just such a tremendous gift. So I get to focus on celebrating his life versus over focus. It's okay. And I want to make sure like in my, and again, this is just my perspective, but in my perspective, it's okay to like absolutely mourn the loss, absolutely be sad, feel the emotions. It's how long we sit with emotions that determines how well we move through life and through purpose. Because I get to, just like I tie into everything else, I get to consistently work in uh, I get to consistently work on being at my best so that I can give my best. Is there a time and place to just have space for being sad or have space for not feeling like you're in the mood to do something or or what have you when there's when there when it's a time of mourning? I absolutely believe there is, but you can't stay stuck there. You can, you can choose to stay stuck there. But it's not going to benefit you. So going back to Alex Ramosi, I think I got sidetracked with Angel's story. But he had the story of a cat. And him and his wife, Layla, had this cat, Bill. They loved the cat. They posted about the cat. The cat was like that Bill was the coolest cat ever, right? They lost the cat after about two years. There was some heart condition, something random as well with the cat. And so out of nowhere, the, they lost the cat. And so he uses that as the example to explain, I could have been sad for like I was sad, it did suck, but I decided like, what if I just changed the meaning? Instead of being sad that I only had two years from him, what if I decided, like, what if it was a world where cats only survive for six months? Like I got an extra 18 months with him, right? And the point is, and that might sound very analytical, And I get that if that's not well received by everyone listening today, but I just want to like, how can you apply that to whatever it is you're going through? The core concept, the core foundation is that emotion is not right or wrong, but how long we sit for it, how long we sit with a negative emotion and how we choose to respond to a negative emotion or react in some cases like anger is can cause harm to us and to others. So coming back to my example, because harm might sound harsh, but if I were to spend the next week, and if you want me to bring this back to a person, I've lost people too, but Angel's just a friend of mine for me. But if I were to spend a week 
in dysfunction, then I would be the people that do count on me, the people that do rely on me, the people that God wants me to be in front of, I would be letting them down because I wasn't present, because I wasn't showing up. So it's the balance of deciding what's going to be right for you and when it's appropriate to shift your focus so that you shift your emotion. Because truly, emotion is a reflection of the meaning we've given things. And so we get to decide to shift our focus so that our emotion shifts so that then we are in the best position to show up, one, to, to feel and to experience and get back to God's joy and peace and love and, and all of the things, as well as being able to get back to how we serve others. Make sense? So in summary... I want to remind you that it is 100% okay to be sad. And I want you to give yourself permission, if that's been a challenge for you, to have good cries, to have off days, to give yourself grace. Maybe you've gotten the ugly cry done and the sad, you've shifted your focus, and yet you, maybe your response is the day's going to be a little lighter. Maybe you... Um, um, Uh, what was I going to say, cut back on the appointments that you had for the week ahead. Maybe you cut back on the expectations that you had set for yourself so that you are at a slower pace for the week ahead or the two weeks ahead or however much time you feel like you need, but that you're in motion because by being in motion, by finding this balance that I'm hoping that is coming across to you today, that is what honors your life. That is what honors their life. That is what honors God's work in and through you so that you can hold space, manage the emotion and respond in a way that allows you to continue to move forward, right? Not stay stuck for too long. It's that balance, allowing yourself to feel the emotion so that you're dealing and you're processing the emotion for what it is deciding what is appropriate within the emotion for you doesn't isn't going to look the same for anybody else no one else knows like what is right for you that's where you invite God in to bring it to him and ask him for the comfort ask him for the healing ask him for whatever it is you feel you need and also like I always say you get to be an active participant in that So you get to decide what thoughts you're going to focus on. You get to decide the meaning you're going to give it. So going back to Angel, uh, it it is sad. It it stinks. And I walk around the house and it's super weird. And when I have a moment and I walk past the crate that's still there and he's not in it, right? Uh, Our our dogs are are crated at night um, for their their own protection and they love it. when I walk past that crate and he's not there, it's like that moment of, okay, the reminder. But I get to shift that focus because I've already held space for the sadness. When it comes up, I had like a few moments before this episode, I held space for the sadness and I, you know, took it to God. Like, why do I feel sad? And it was clear that it was just a, a, a moment, if you will, of the recognizing the loss and being sad for that. And so then I get to say, yes, and also, he was amazing. Yes, and also, I had 10 years with him. Yes, and also, 
and list all of the gratitudes. And so by shifting to that, that's what then allows me to get up and serve, not get up, but, um, figuratively get up. I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't, a, I wasn't, uh, you know, curled up in a ball today. Um, I've been working actually, and the sadness came out of nowhere. It seemingly right. Um, but because I was able to do the, and also, and go into gratitude and catch the, the, the reactive thought and move it into a, a meaning that serves me better then I was prompted to do this episode. And by doing this episode, my hope, my goal is that it was, I know, there's no doubt in my mind that it's been God-led and prompted. So now by doing that, I am serving somebody. And that serving somebody, I might not ever know who that is other than God told me to do this for you today, right? Sometimes we get to plant the seeds and we know we've planted the seeds. Sometimes we have no idea we're just doing it by faith and obedience to what God has told us to do. But if we aren't able to recognize emotion and learn how to manage them effectively, we don't get, we don't uh, leverage to the maximum potential that we could be, right? I just did an episode, um, I believe it's already posted on um, potential. You can Look that up because this is part of it. It's the moment by moments. Am I doing my part in this moment to be in my greatest potential? All right. I hope that was helpful. I hope that serves you. I would love to hear from you guys. If you did not know, we have revamped our Facebook group. So our Facebook group, private community, but free community where I do weekly trainings and we connect and all the things uh, is healthy living and weight loss for Christian women entrepreneurs. I'll put a link in the show notes. I would love to connect with you um, within that community. And I will, if you are somebody that is looking for help in, uh, not somebody, (laughs) I love you, but I don't take everybody. Um, I work specifically with Christian women entrepreneurs who are are driven to becoming um, fiercely fit and What I mean by fiercely fit is God gave me this term, kingdom fit, to describe being fiercely fit in mind, body, and spirit so that you are positioned to best experience him, the depth of relationship that you have with him, and then also be strong enough in mind, body, and spirit to carry the weight, the honor of living out your unique and greater purpose. And so I do that through helping women create lifestyle-friendly nutrition. It's actually not complicated. It gets to be pretty simple. The thing that makes nutrition complicated, even after I give you the roadmap that's going to work best for you based on your lifestyle, all all of those um, considerations, then we also go to work on your thoughts and your beliefs because thoughts and beliefs are what drive I should say thoughts, just as God's word says, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Your thoughts drive your beliefs. The thoughts that you've held consistently over time drive the beliefs you have today. Your beliefs drive the ability and the action of your choices. Your choices made consistently over time create the habits. The habits create the lifestyle. The habits and the accumulation of your thoughts, beliefs, choices, and habits 
create the results that you are currently experiencing. So that's why so many of the diet programs that you've tried in the past, the fitness programs that you've tried in the past, probably have failed you because you were missing the critical element. The critical element is that personal relationship with God in and in doing so and deepening. You can have an amazing personal relationship with God, but if your thoughts aren't in alignment, it gets in the way. It acts as a pattern interrupt for you to not be able to hear as clearly as you will. It just means there's even more for you when you get this dialed in. And those thoughts and beliefs is what allows you to then make the choices that align with being fiercely fit physically at the body that you feel amazing in without feeling like you're giving up your favorite foods or spending hours at the gym. You also get to build this understanding of this mental grit that allows you to carry the capacity for what he has for you. And then, of course, we also work on the habits. How do you practically live that out, which is inclusive of your habits, healthy boundaries, and that is the work that I get to do with Christian women entrepreneurs specifically. So if that is something that you're interested in, you can reach out at rebeccatabert.com forward slash Kingdom Fit Academy. And when you go to that page, you'll be prompted to give your email address. And then immediately after that, you'll be prompted to enter your um, a time that you would like to, to chat uh, to see more about what your personal individual goals and needs are and whether or not we would be a mutual good fit to work together. Fair enough? So with that, I love you guys. I hope that you have an amazing week ahead and I look forward to connecting with you sometime soon. Bye for now.